So go ahead, Dan. Okay. Um, boy, I'm not sure where to start. I had all kinds of ideas that could pop in. Um, boy, uh, well, let me ask you this. I had a question. So in this art class you were taking, mm-hmm. they ask you to, to pose nude. Mm-hmm. You refused, but then did they kept they kept persisting did they was it the class got involved did, you know did they what happened like i'm trying to figure out what what it looked like i'm just trying to imagine how it's it's kind of hard they, they were mm-hmm. okay you know what we no i can answer i'll answer the question okay um, so basically it was the instructor who was asking repeatedly was it in front of the class or was it in in person both, but mostly in front of the class. After class, calling my name, asking me to post nude. And it wasn't just the instructor. There was a whole system. You know, the counselor who put me in the class. The girls who came up to me and wanted to encourage me to be involved. There was She had a whole group of people that hung around because she did this stuff. You know, who nursed and students, but they presented themselves as art aficionados, right? And so um, it was systemic. I, did, I, I got put in a class. I got put in another class, actually, with where it was supposed to be the firefighting nude men calendar. So they were making money, apparently, um, but it was a systematic pressure that was um, applied you know, by staff, Staff member, staff was involved, and also, you know, some students we recruited, you know, involved, maybe including my ex-girlfriend. But all the details are f- kind of foggy. But that's basically what it was: repeated asking. And the thing I remember being repeatedly asking. Then, because I had to drop out of school at that time for other personal re- reasons, I specifically remember saying, "Oh, you're dropping out because I asked you to pose nude right there in front of the class." You know, and so um, that's how that went down. That's that's wrong. Is it's it, it's well, it's very presumptuous. And it's very humiliating to take such a personal thing and put it in front of the class. So she yeah. was wrong there to do that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why. I mean, it's okay to ask. I mean, you can refuse, and right. and so it should just end there. So I don't. So the whole. I'm not sure why persisting. What was going on there? What kind of dynamic? Um why they just didn't ask the next guy in the class unless you were the only one the only few men in the class, which could be the case. I don't know. Uh, they don't want any man. They don't want just any man. They're making a calendar. They're selling it to, to p- gay men in West Hollywood. You know, they're targeting men. They want particular men, not just any guy in the class. Any guy won't do. So what comments do you have? I I can't hear you now if you're talking. Can you hear me now? I can now, yes. Okay. All right. Um well, okay, so 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 men and women are very different in terms of their sexuality, what's attractive and what's not attractive. It's probably it's evolutionary based, I'm, I'm very sure of it. And it's it I mean, women have to they, women take a risk. When, when they have sex that they might get pregnant right and so will the guy stay will he not that's like a big question so women are very careful about who they approach 
And women look for, they're looking for someone that is going to be reliable and also very, um, but they're also looking for strong men. Men that are that are strong in some way. It could be a very crude way. It could be a very, um, uh, like, uh, you know, the the, uh, the jerk. The jerk doesn't care who he offends. There's something kind of attractive about him. And in that, he's a force of nature. He doesn't care. And but and so women are like, well, I can work with that. And that's kind of attractive because if if he doesn't care, he can maybe fight and fight and fight for me and, and fight to protect me. I just need to sort of hone him a little bit into in be um, a more, let's say, moral person that's going to protect the family and protect our, our whatever family we create. So women need space. Women need, and it kind of depends on the woman, um, how much space space she's need how much she needs and how much she doesn't i don't know there's all kinds of things that sort of things that attract women like money's attractive why because a guy made it and he knows how to get it right and so he's able to provide so he's as a provider right but it also may imply that he's kind of powerful in some ways well that's very attractive because then he's an influencer he can influence things she can feel safe that he's going to they're going to work together to be on the sort of the up, sort of an upper scale, like maybe move up socially on the scale. Because when you move up in a hierarchy, you tend to be more protected. And so women are just, they are basically looking for, for protection for themselves, even during, for, for childbirth. A woman's not going to give birth if she doesn't feel safe, you know, in an environment. My, my wife does home births. My son was born. Home birth, midwifery, or when women want to give birth at home, it's because they because they feel safer at home. Now, some women don't feel that way. They feel more they feel safer in a hospital because they feel like doctors are better experts. It's not necessarily true, but they feel that, so they will go there. Um, it, and so, because a woman won't be able to give birth, she's going to. It's, it's, it has to do with physiology and has to do with psychology it has to do with emotionality so um, if a woman especially when a woman goes into transition which is about when she dilates the seven centimeters seven or eight centimeters she goes into a, a thing called transition which it's it's just a physiological I need her, her brain changes things change in her mind about what's going on and she's like, I need to focus and I need to feel like there's people around me. I'm protected. Usually other women. If there's other men there, she won't even, she won't get birth. This is why male midwifery doesn't work, even though it's being pushed um, by uh, other politically correct people. But anyways, I'm, I'm rambling now. So I'm just threw some things out there. Well, tell me what you think. Well, anybody. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anybody, anybody raise their hand. Um, welcome those who have came come late. We're right now we're in a minute discussion about um, women who abuse men. We haven't gotten to the book yet, but I don't think we will, given it's forty two minutes after. But how long? What's the waiting period? You know, we have what's the waiting period? We we have to go through some waiting period, which seems to be 
part of it that women need to feel comfortable, so forth and so on. What's the waiting period for to have sex or to have sexual activities for a male stripper? You know, it's the amount of time it takes for his pants to hit the floor. And so are women need they, women are capable of casual sex. There's no doubt. It depends on the man. You know, which men are they willing to have casual sex with and which are are they not? And, you know, there's a lot of this story about women and their nature and how they need provision and perfect and protection, right? But this is over the top. This is not that, not in this society. That's a, certainly it may come from a um, Neanderthal era type of ancient era uh, sexual evolution. But if we think about it, most women don't need a man for money, and yet they still cannot countenance a man who makes less than them. And they will deny this, but it's a, it's true it's in many ways. And maybe some women will. Um, I know my mother married a guy who made less than her, who had less than her, invited him into her to live in her home. But most women expect a man my age to have a home, to have a new car, and uh, to have an actual house rather than a condo, you know, and, and to be able to spend hundreds of dollars on events and stuff, you know, not to really be on that tight of a budget. So that's sort of what these women expect. And so they're seeking to make profits off the relationship. I mean, it's not, this is not, oh, I need protection. I need provisioning. You know, this is, I want to make profit. I want to take advantage of and exploit. And I want to have my cake and eat it too. And I want to walk away whenever um, I'm done. You know, so there's not a, there's not really, it's not a, a, a parody between the uh, need for protection and provision and the actual things that women are doing and demanding to take advantage of and exploit men for their money. Does that I, well, women statistic. Well, well, women statistically tend to marry um, at their level, sociologically. Hierarchical, hierarchically speaking, and up, and men tend to marry women at their level or below. So right. there's so that's so, so that's a real phenomenon statistically. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and these, it kind of makes sense. Norms. What's up, Brendan? Aren't these cultural norms though? Like, for example, um, obviously African American and right. our communities, for the most part. A lot of women marry at the economic level or that. Okay, what did you say there, Brendan? Most uh, most women in your community, yeah, yeah, marry at their economic level or underneath their economic level. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. I so, in other words, it's more sisters that have degrees than our brothers that have degrees. Yes, that's actually those actually old right. sisters with the degrees. Either they're not going to have a man, or they're going to have a man who's didn't have the same um, spending power that they have. 
you know, right. they don't make as much money as they have. So this thing is um, <clears throat> divided in the culture. Right. More than it is just this. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's culture. I think it's, it's more bi- biologically based. Um, uh, w- women who are CEOs of the top of their professions in terms of, say, being a lawyer at a, at a law firm tend to be single. Um, the, the men at the top tend to be very, uh, tend to be married and tend to have families. Uh, w- women are, feel safer with, with the man that can be that kind of, uh, um, uh, aggressive go-getter and provide for the home, even though he's away a lot. Now, not every, not all women go with that and don't like it. And it puts a lot of hardships on, on the family because the guy's away for so long and it sort of eats at the, at the marriage. Um, but, but women tend to, uh, that if you just reverse the roles, the woman's the go-getter and is, is the one that tends to go to the top of the organization in, let's just say in corporate life or whatever, or in government, it doesn't matter, um, tend to uh, be single. And it's because they're spending their time not being able to help foster the relationships because they're so embedded in their career. But they're ter- but, but statistically speaking, they tend to be very miserable in that. It's, it's a very lonesome thing. A lot of women just drop out after that point. Like when they hit, their, when they hit like 29 or 30, they're like, wait, well, what the hell am I doing? I'm single. I have no prospects, and I'm I'm making a lot of money. That's great, but there's something I'm there's something more missing here. And so there's a lot of women who will will chase that career, and and they have deep regrets when they when they figure it out too late that this is the thing that doesn't make them happy. Women love to foster relationships. Women are interested in other people. Men are interested in things. And, and therein lies the, the real difference between men and women. No, that's one of the differences. Just like a, a lot of others. But um, I don't know. I'll we'll throw that out there and let you guys yeah. uh, choose. So what, what I would say. In and response, ladies too. Yeah. In response to both of you is that I understand, you know, men, black men were terribly, obviously terribly oppressed. And, and they had low paying jobs if they could get a job at all. But Black women were always employable. Black women could always work in domestic service, and they did, uh, right? So her mother wasn't right? domestic, right? But she made more money than both of her husbands. Right, right. Right, and the second husband, he became a fireman. Right, right. At the so, time so, of their divorce, she was still making more money than him, though. Right, right. So, yeah, so this is modern times, though. This is more modern times. Back in the days of after slavery, post-slavery, you know, the black black men were downtrodden, but women could work. Women could make money. So so this sort of idea that uh, black women marry will marry um, black men who don't make as much money because there's this understanding, in a sense, that that there's been oppression. Now that's not going to always the case. And certainly there are a lot of black women out there who are trying to um, make a living off of men and in one oh, way yeah, or another. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I can see why in the black community, there might not be as much. Um, they've gone a little further than uh, right now. Women are still in their hypergamous 
type of um, ways that they're unconscious about and not aware of. And so they can't marry somebody who makes less of them. So they can't marry anybody because they make more than most men or, you know, so, um, and they're going to have to come to the realization, the reality that regardless of what their hypergamy tells them to do, they're just, there's, this is a system in which we are working towards equality, not one that we're working towards inequality. And so they're going to have to make some changes and, so, and recognize. And so that's where the consciousness and awareness building comes in. Hey, you know, there aren't, the guys don't make $100,000, first of all, and they don't make 100000 at 20 years old. And young women need to recognize that if they want to go out with a guy who makes 100000 or more, right? That they're going out with 30 and 40-year-olds while... A young men have nobody. Young men are celibate. Young men have no affection, no love, because all the women are, are trying to hit the jackpot. Mm -hmm. And so, but the main thing here is that um, women are going to have to come to a point where they recognize, and just like I have a girlfriend here, you know, that um, one of my girlfriends here, you know, who's older than me, has more than me, makes more than me. And the question is, is she inviting me into a real relationship when she doesn't want to introduce me to her family? You know, when he has a separate life where she's single and available, where she can make, but she wants me to be exclusive with her. Of course, they all want you to be exclusive, but they all are still playing their hypergamy game. You know, there's all still keeping an eye open, you know, out there acting you know, in another life where she's single and available, you know. So, um, by the way, don't give up exclusivity very easily, guys. Don't give that up because it's the whole shebang and you better get, you know. So don't just jump into um, an exclusive relationship with the first woman who touches your wee-wee. So go ahead, Dan. Okay. Um, men, if you want to attract women, first, Learn how to be a force of nature. Learn how to assert yourself. Learn how to break things, destroy things, and learn how to build things. Be a force of nature. Be a person who can uh, uh, be able to influence your world. Be a leader. Take a passionate stance on something and then, and then go after it with, with abandon. The only thing you're going to have to learn, and once you and once you've learned how to be a real force in nature, then learn how to temporal. Learn how to be. Learn how to use that because you can use that to to truly destructive and evil ends. So learn how to how to blunt that force or see your short your uh, 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 I'm sorry to put your sword away when you need to. And learn how to to um, do good and hone your skills towards good. Take the leadership position. If you take the lead on something, women will make it very known. They're they're they like that. So do what you can on your side. Be build up yourself. That's my advice for men. Women need to do it themselves too, but they have to do it on their own in, in other terms. And that's good advice. That's good advice, Dan. I think um, 
And one thing to recognize is that we can all do things to make ourselves more attractive to to women. And we should, you know, there are a lot of dating coaches on there, you know, lose some weight, go to the gym, um, exercise, uh, you know, um, take care of yourself, wear clothes that fit, wear nice, clo wear nice clothes, you know, um, you know, as best you can, you know, do, do the best you can with what you've, you've got. Now, there's this tendency out there to say, oh, so in the sexual marketplace, there's a 1%, just like in the regular marketplace. It's a capitalist system, and it serves the 1%. It serves, hypergamy serves the rich. That it's women run, who, who might want, on the day, want to talk about equal rights and helping the poor and helping the animals. And in the evening, they want to go screw the 1% and serve the 1%. So that's what's going on there. So, um, so this sexual marketplace um, with that one percent—I forgot what I was going to say from there—but <laughs> um, is is just as exploitative as any other. And um, we need to um, do whatever we can to make ourselves um, better looking, so we can at least get into that top twenty percent where women will actually take a look at us. You know, so, um, yeah, we have to be very concerned about trying to improve ourselves. But the idea that somehow uh, we're going to get all these women and everything's going to change um, for you if you are are one of the one. Well, if you are one of the one percent, certainly everything's going to change for you. But if you're not, you know, um, we still have to face this situation and we still have a situation to deal with. I mean, um the situation, the dating situation is bad, you know, and and the culture of prostitution, you know, is really divisive. And we've got people out there saying men are dog, women saying, and men even agreeing with men are dogs, men are trash, men are garbage. So, um, so we and, and so we need to stand up for ourselves in a way that's pro-feminist and also pro-women, you know, not anti-women but also stands up for ourselves and demands equal protection of the law and, um, and, you know, not let, you know, just sick and tired, sick and tired of women hitting me up for money of women trying to um, make a profit off a relationship and women questioning me about my income, my job, you know, um, I, I'm sick and tired of it. I knew at a young age that there are men women marry and men women like to have sex with and do and i knew those two and i became the one that they like to have sex with and never got married you know and so um that was my goal it didn't happen all the time i gained weight and i you know but um because i didn't want because what the heck married women just go out and screw somebody else anyway so why get married Anyway, any and I wanted to say to Rose, um, your question here. I, I know that a lot of those classes they do have, um, you know, and they presented it like that. They had these classes where it talks about how respectful it is and how we did, but that's not how this program really was, you know. And um, and it's the Truth and Democracy Coalition. You know, I'm doing this myself, Rose. Um, so we're um, just trying to reach out, sort of develop a, a different way of 
of this, this red pill stuff is important for men and it shouldn't just be conservative men who who get it you know liberal men can get it and still be liberal in fact i think the red pill was a liberal thing it was you know if you think of austin powers you know he's not a conservative but he was a red pill swinger you know swingers were liberals you know so um this red pill stuff doesn't necessarily have to be a conservative thing. And there's a lot of, um, so, but it is important information for men so that they can understand what women are truly like. And we all have to deal with the issues. I have a lot of negativity that comes up around it and, and men get angry when they first learn about it. And it's hard for men to swallow the red pill, but it's important if men want to have um, relationships with women that are not not exploitative. Does that sound right, Dan? Well, I, I, maybe you've. I, I thought maybe you underplayed some of what I was saying. And in that, I was saying that, like, if you know, for men, it's not you're not trying to be a force of nature in order to attract women. It's you're trying to be a force of nature. And then learn how to temper it so you can be a good person, so that you can do good in the society and do good within your community and do good within your family and do good amongst your friends. And then from from there, it's so it's like the target is not to attract women. The target is just to be good, do, do the thing that you are you want to be good at or you're passionate at. Do those things. And if you get your life in order, if you're if you're able to sort of carve a niche for yourself women will be attracted to that just and it's and you're not even really aiming at thing you're really not aiming at trying to attract women like be someone in the community that people look up to be a leader be, be someone that has that takes the uh, initiative on something because it, when you do that then that means you you know how to influence your world you know how to at least carve out a space for yourself and when women see that they know that oh maybe i can be a part of that and i can help with that and maybe and help own him in his he's kind of a disruptive young women tend to like men that are kind of they, they can act like jerks they can act you know really um arrogant or whatever you know in the 20s or whatever and and it's like women are attracted because like because because the guy has something like he pushes, he's aggressive, he knows how to do. But it's like, but like, if I could rein him in, this happened to my brother. My brother was out of control. My older brother, um, he was a tyrant. I I I in a family with with three boys, I was the middle child, and my brother was a tyrant, and he was merciless until he met his his future wife. His future wife. I couldn't believe, you know, I fought him. I, I, my, my younger brother and I, he pit us between, between my younger brother and I, sometimes my younger brother and I teamed up on him, but then he would like break that up and be a, and, and like give harsh punishments. And then like, he would try to manipulate one against the other. And it's like, and then he tried to do this against the parents until he met his future wife. His future wife was like, you're not doing that. And he listened to her because he loved her. 
They loved each other very much. So like women have a civilizing effect on men. And that's that's the precise role, I think, for women is that they can be, they can do great good, but you also have to be rooted in good. That takes that takes a good upbringing. It takes good insight. And it, it's 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 also um, I don't know. It, we are this country. The the only way of the, of the within the context of a of a virtuous and moral society. Now there are. Now I'm not saying that we were of a perfect past. What I'm saying is there was there was some um, Judeo Christian roots that really helped foster what it means to be good. So, um, yeah, and I think you're right about that, that we need to focus on on being men and um, doing um, good in the world and um, leading, being leaders in our communities. And that's what my match profile talks about, <laughs> being a leader in the community. And I think women are attracted to that, it, depending on what you're doing, of course. And... So um, I think Dan's absolutely right about that. And that should be our focus because our focus cannot be on chasing women. And as they say, if you're doing it right, women will chase you. And I find that to be the case. Um, So, but yeah, and we have to focus on that because basically, you know, women are, um, don't put your life in the hands of a woman. You know, you'll be disappointed. So um, try to do something good with your life and the women will come, you know. I put this sign on top of, in front of my bedroom, Temple of Love, in the hope that if you build it, they will come. So um, yeah, that, that's good advice. Thank you, Dan. So we've run out of time. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Sign up for our next um, group. I'm going to put those links back in the chat. Let's see if I still have them here. No, I don't. All right, so try and register at um, tinyurl.com slash redpillmen and also register for our group to hold a remembrance ceremony in Whittier on January 6th next year, our planning committee, um, and that's at tinyurl.com slash jan6, 2024. I want to thank everybody for coming. Thank you, Dan, for being on the show and for sharing your insights with us. And thank you everybody for coming. Sure, anytime. Yeah. And thank you everybody for coming and participating in this.